Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 4, Episode 3, about to kick off or tip off uh, with today's NBA deadline, of course, quickly approaching. But Sports Guy Chris here, as always, with two of my good friends here. Mikey, yep. how are you doing uh, this morning, my friend here? It's, I'm uh, doing fan-freaking-tastic. Nice to hear. And Justin, how are you doing today, my friend? A, a full week under your belt as a full-time participant. I mean, I'm sure there's been people coming up to you in the street, all the new it's... fame and everything that goes along with being a member of the podcast. How, how are you, you know, living, my friend? I, I just can't. I just can't have a normal life anymore. <laughs> um, you know, I can't walk into the grocery store without being hounded. Uh, you know, about being on the podcast and all my adoring fans. <laughs> Uh, it, it's just, I, I, I do ask for like, you know, some respect as far as privacy when I'm having dinner with my family. Yeah. Please yeah. don't it, come it up to me and it ask for pictures rough. and autographs. Like, please wait until I at least leave yeah. the building. Yeah, it's, it is. It's crazy. It's the respect, it, right? you know, it's just yeah. the respect. I hear you. Well, boys, uh, you know, we've got some NFL awards going, are going to get handed out tonight, of course, yep. the big NFL awards show, but... We've got to give out some awards first, guys. You know, sure. we've got to give out the balls and beards hardware this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so I figure we would uh, kick off today's episode by handing out our NFL postseason awards here for the regular season. Johnny so, Peanut Butter. That's right, Johnny Peanut Butter. You know, we'll see if he makes an appearance in there in, in here today, but. We'll start with the MVP award where, guys, we took a little vote. We, uh, you know, gave, tallied our top three picks for each of us, and uh, I've got the results. So here we go, guys. Yes! We'll start right at the top yep. with the 2023-2024 Balls and Beards podcast NFL MVP. And to no surprise, it is... Kyler Murray! No! Damn. Lamar Jackson, quarterback, yeah, was close. Baltimore Ravens. He finished in first place. Eight so not points. Johnny Peanut Butter. Not Johnny Peanut Butter. Unfortunately, he did not even receive uh, a vote, guys. Oh, damn it. Wow. Damn it. Right behind Why? Lamar, Christian McCaffrey Why? finishes second. Mr. Irrelevant. Followed by Brock Purdy and then Patrick Mahomes. So there you go, guys. We are, you know, very much in agreement with what seems to be the consensus out there. It seems like, you know, Lamar is probably going to be the MVP. Should. Um, I don't think there's any issues with that as far Failed. as the numbers go. Lamar... 3,678 pass yards this year, 24 touchdowns to just seven picks. He ran for 821 yards as well and had five rushing touchdowns. So it sounds like MVP numbers to me. Didn't really turn the ball over, took care of the ball. I mean, you can go around. Dak had gaudier pass stats, of course. 36 touchdowns led the league. Uh, Josh Allen had gaudier rushing stats. Of course, he had 15 rushing touchdowns, which was an NFL record, but he also turned the ball over like 79 times total. So, uh, But anywho, there you go, guys. There's our MVP. Are uh, you boys in agreement? Happy with Lamar getting it? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think I, it's a great, yeah, yeah, great choice. All right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think we, I would have had C-Mac way earlier in the year. Right, um, I, right. Like the first half of the yeah, season, I think it was C-Mac. him, and then and then and then Lamar just kind of took it over and it, ran away with it. Literally, it was so. those what kind of back? Was it back to back games where they destroyed the Niners and then they absolutely just crushed the Dolphins like in back to back weeks? Yeah, yeah. I think that that kind of took care of it. But all right, boys. Well, let's move on, and uh, you know, let's let's go to Coach of the Year, which is an intriguing one. I think there's a couple obvious choices. Um, but 
you know, I think it's also kind of a hard one to pick because there's like two or three real obvious guys. But Justin, I'd like to start with you on this one. Coach of the year, who gets your vote this year, my friend? Mm. I mean, we had a couple, you know, great turnarounds. I know, I know before we had mentioned Stefanski yes. for what he yes. did with Cleveland and all the injuries and still making the postseason. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fart noise. Um, I gotta go Dan Campbell, though, because... Dan I mean, Campbell. They, 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 they went all the way to the NFC Championship game, like... It's it's kind of hard to argue what he's done with that with that franchise and the and the, the amazing turnaround. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just I I just don't see how it can't be Dan Campbell. Okay. It's it's it, the dude has literally proven that he can basically take crap and turn it into a potential Super Bowl team. Well, that's so, true. I mean, as 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 great as Stefanski was taking Cleveland to the playoffs and doing everything that he possibly could with all the injuries surrounding that team, uh, you know, kudos to him. I just don't think it's enough for, especially with you know, Detroit not having like a home you know playoff game in X amount of years, and and yeah, it's Dan Campbell. Okay, I, I got Dan. I mean, like it, it, it's kind of hard to. You know, you make some great points, Justin, and Detroit getting a home playoff game for the first time since, you know, I think it's 94, 93, um, winning a playoff game for the first time since 91. Um, and, and, you know, they, it's there. Mikey, what about yeah. you, my friend? Who do you like for Coach of the Year? Are you continuing to hook your, you know, uh, wagon to the Dan Campbell train, or do you have somebody else in mind? Yeah, no, I, I think it's got to be Dan Campbell. I, okay. I mean, you know, it's a it's a feel-good story. He's he's just, I mean, look what he did. I mean, shit, they're just a few years removed from going 0-16. Like, and and now they were in a conference championship. I, I mean, and they're yes, I, I get it. Like he was very poignant and and honest in saying that this could be, this might have been our window. Like this might have been our window. But yeah, to to go to a Super Bowl or to win one. But you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that he's he's a great coach and he's proven that he's taken shit and he's made a freaking you know delicious four course meal out of it. You know, yeah. so yeah, I, I it's hard. I, there's other picks that you. I mean, Harbaugh in in Baltimore. I mean, they were arguably sure. in the regular season sure. the best team in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you look at we, he's you know Lamar Jackson's our consensus number one guy for MVP. So you know Harbaugh's got to get some some love. You know, a little bit. I, I agree with but, you. Yeah, but uh, you know, and he might it might be a, you know the two of those guys. But I I think it's got to go to I, I just love Dan Campbell, dude. I want to play yeah, for Dan, him. You know, I want to be a place kicker. Mikey is ready to strap on the blue and silver for Let the me Lions do it. next for year. Eminem. There you go, guys. Um. Yeah, uh, you know my pick though. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you guys a little something to think about. Oh I, it's no! It's hard not to go. Here we go. Think. It's too early in the morning. Here we go. Think. Yeah, dude. I haven't even finished my first podcast. Guy, yet. my pick has got to be D'Amico Ryan's of the Houston Texans. Ten oh. and seven, made the playoffs. All right. All Look, right. I mean, everybody thought Detroit was gonna be good this year and they were gonna win that division, and they did. If 
when you go back to the beginning of the year and you went through the the juggernaut that's the AFC and all these quarterbacks and blah, 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 and Mahomes and Josh Allen and blah, Lamar Jackson, there was no room at all for the Texans. There was no room for C.J. Stroud. This team was 3-13-1 last year. And by the way, had to win their last game of the year to get to 3-13-1. Everybody thought that screwed them out of the number one pick. This was going to be awful. Nobody had this team anywhere remotely close on the radar of even being competitive. They turn around, go 10-7, and seven and make the playoffs. So I'm not going to – I have no problem if Dan Campbell is the coach of the year. I'm 100% fine with that. But I, I have to give my vote to D'Amico Ryans. I, I just can't – that turnaround was insane for me, especially – in the AFC and that juggernaut. I mean, you know, they, they got past the, the golden locked boy of Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, who everybody was super high on going into the year. Everybody had that team pegged to be a 10, 11, 12 win team. And uh, the Texans overcame them and, and won that division. So for me, it's D'Amico Ryans, but it, it's close. It's close. Dan Campbell, again, I can't, I'm not going to be like upset if Dan Campbell wins it. But for me, I'm going to go with D'Amico Ryan just because that, that turnaround was insane, guys. I mean, that, that team was just garbage last year. And it's not like they went and signed a bunch of Pro Bowl guys or, yeah. you know, made a bunch of trades for high-end O-linemen or something. Like, they drafted a couple guys, changed out the coaching staff, and boom, all of a sudden they're, they're in the playoffs. So, um, anywho, they, there's there's my pick. Well, I'm for sure D'Amico. D'Amico appreciates you. Yeah, he's a, he's been a long-time listener. You know, yeah, absolutely. Listener. So. Going back to his days on the 49ers staff and so on. So we'll we'll appreciate you when you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go, guys. Coach of the year, we're split on that one. But again, I think either guy definitely deserving. So um, big nuts, Dan. Yeah, big nuts, Dan. Hard hard to go against. You know, big nuts, Dan. That's for sure. Now let's go. uh, You know, defensive player of the year, boys. Let's go that way. I I think again, another category here where probably a couple of guys stood out, but this one to me might be the one that's a little more open. So I'm, I'm definitely interested to get your guys' take. Justin, I'd like to start with you again, my friend. Defensive player of the year. Who gets your vote? TJ Watt. Mike? All right. There (laughs) we go. TJ Watt. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be TJ. Um, Yeah. I mean, earlier I would have had Miles Garrett, uh, but I mean, T.J. Watt kind of the uh, same thing as like what Lamar did as far as the MVP kind of turned it on that last half of the season, and I think ran away with it. Honestly, um, he deserves it. Um, yeah, give it to the Watt. Give Watt it up. to the Watt. Give it to the Watt. Give it to the Watt. Mikey. Yeah, hey, I'm in agreement. Oh I, wow! Keep okay. that short and sweet. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Jeez. Keep yeah. that one. Keep that. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, not me. I'm, my vote goes to Deron Bland from Dallas. Set the NFL record for interception Ooh. returns for touchdowns this year with five. He had led the league with nine picks. He also had 69 tackles, 53 Ooh. solos coming up from that cornerback spot. In particular, the reason I he gets my vote is... I feel like his performance is magnified even more because of Diggs' injury early in the year. Like, I remember we were recording, that happened. He tore his ACL in practice, and everybody was like, well, there goes Dallas's defense. Like, they're not going to be this juggernaut anymore. As the season went on, though, they, they were still a, a top two or three defense in the NFL all year long. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, it, it's bland just for those reasons. But again, you know, 69 tackles, 53 solos. I mean, he was up there with some other impressive linebackers as far as tackling numbers. He also had 15 passes defensed as well. So for the majority of the year, Bland was able to step into that role and make half of the field basically, you know, off limits for opposing defenses. So that's why he gets my vote. Michael Parsons had a great first three or four games of the year and then substantially cooled off as the season went on, you know. Um, but T.J. Watt would be would be number two on my list. So um, that's the reason I go with Bland. You know, he I, I feel like his his performance really helped to keep that Dallas defense, you know, as a, yeah. as a top unit. So he'll appreciate it when you're wrong. <laughs> so there we go, guys. I mean, you know, who knows? I'm probably going to be in a disagreement with, uh, with the last one here, which is rookie of the year as well. But, uh, Let's go. Let's go to Mikey this yeah. time first. Mikey, rookie yeah. of the year. Who yeah. do you like this oh, year? Yeah, no. Again, I think there's like two options. Uh, my my vote is CJ Shroud. Okay. End of story. All right. Easy enough. CJ Shroud. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, to your point, if D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year candidate is got, I mean, how did he do it? In large part because of the play of his quarterback. Well, I guess you just weren't mesmerized enough by Puka Nakua and okay. his beautiful hair. No, as... I can't. He's a Ram, dude. I can't okay. do that, right. bro. I mean, I can't do 105 that. catches, shows, though, that no. doesn't do anything? No. 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 Okay. All right. All right, Justin. I know you're a fan of Puka Nakua. Yeah, and his I, incredible hair and everything. I want yeah. I want Puka Nakua to win it. Okay, uh, just so they can say his name. Who, why wouldn't you want to? Yeah, like right. I, every time I stub my toe now, I say, "Ah, Puka yeah. Nakua." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just rolls off the tongue. Like, uh, he okay? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. All right. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I I want Puka, but it's probably going to be CJ Stroud. Okay. It's it's kind of hard to argue uh, what he was able to do as a rookie. Mm. Uh, how long he went without throwing a pick. Uh, I mean, true. He uh, he was up there with those Justin Herbert and Peyton Manning numbers in his rookie year. You're so right. yeah, I mean, that's kind of a hard thing to do um, as a rookie. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know the 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 players that he had on that team were you know not anything too crazy of a you know superstar style name like Tank Dell and Nico Collins and yeah right you know, I mean yeah Devin Singletary yeah, right back you know, like, Damian Pierce yeah. and Dalton Schultz like you know yeah. it's, it was kind of like a, you know all right well you know you got some like some B plus players you know <laughs> yeah, like yeah wasn't anything great but he looked he made them look great. Um and he looked great and true his confidence level just you know yep. is is great yep. um he looked good in the uh, the uh, flag football game yeah yeah uh you know and then and Pro and Bowl, yeah football, he just he just looked like he's he looks like he's been in the league for six seven eight years I know right yep. like yeah, and it's kind of like a, a a you know a sight to behold um you know man it really uh, it really sucks for Carolina. That uh, you know they went with Bryce and Bryce could you know still very well he still yeah, could be that obviously yeah. they get him some weapons but I mean to do what CJ did in year one with really not much yeah uh, is yeah. is very impressive and to not and to not throw you know those picks for you know for I don't know how many weeks it was almost like what eight nine weeks that he didn't throw a pick yeah it was I mean, Justin he finished incredible. 23 and 5 23 touchdowns and only five interceptions yeah. when you look at yep. the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL 
which he is slotted at number eight with 4,108 passing yards. Mm -hmm. He had the best TD to intercept, uh, interception ratio of yep. any of those quarterbacks. There it is. So, yeah, yes. that's, that's how yeah. it's hard to... As a rookie. It's hard to argue yeah. that it's yeah. not going to be CJ. I mean, I... I Oh, I want Puka. But, nope, it's going to be CJ Stroud. Yeah. I'm, I'll I, go to Hot Topic and get you Puka. Puka! Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement. It's it's CJ Stroud. You, I agree. You know, um, this you guys hit the nail on the head, Mikey, to your point. 23 touchdowns to five picks. I mean, that's incredible for a rookie to to do that. Um, only five picks. I mean, that that's something else. I mean, you look at Purdy, right, and MVP candidate. He threw four in one game against Baltimore. So, mm -hmm. to have five the entire season... That's remarkable. A couple other stats as well. You know, he completed 63.9% of his passes. That's pretty impressive as a rookie. Usually if you're around 60% as a rookie, I think most most teams will take that. And then a 100.8 quarterback rating. So, you know, triple digits quarterback rating. I'm with Which you guys. Of that top ten, uh, excuse me. That is that is ranked number three. There you go. The I 10. mean, he's the top ten Followed across the board. Dak yeah. Prescott was number one in 105.9 passer rating. Tua was 101.1, and then CJ was 100.8. There you go. Um, so yeah, I think it's CJ Stroud. I think that one is is pretty easy. Puka had a great year, obviously. I, any other year, it would have been Puka, like by a landslide with. You know, setting rookie mm. records for receptions and receiving yards. I mean, he did have a a really phenomenal year, but yeah, you you, it's a you good can't close go second. Good, close good close second. I agree. I agree. Well, there you go, guys. You know, we gave away a little uh, NFL hardware here. Any anything else you guys want to hit on on NFL awards? Any you know, like you know, kicker of the year or something you guys want to give out? Or uh, you know, we're good. Justin Tucker, he can get kicker there. Yep. Okay, uh, I mean good. He, he 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 did the tic tac toe. Yeah, he that's right. Yeah, I mean he beat uh, Brandon Aubrey. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Effortlessly, I would say. Yeah, like it was kind of that. That's the cool little game that they yeah. do. I do I, like I, the skill that stuff. Was cool, yeah, that was yeah. a cool little game. And dude, Tucker's so good. He's so good, man. Like the accuracy on that foot, it's unbelievable. Kicker of the year. There you go. Kicker of the year, Mikey. Yeah, you good on the awards, my friend. Anything yeah, else you want to give out? Yeah, no, okay. not right. at all. Right. There you go, guys. Hair right. of the year, Pugunuku. Yeah, easily, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, hands man. down. I don't know, Justin Herbert or or, or Lawrence, man. They got mm -hmm. they got some lovely locks. I'm just saying. So do you. But that's also not fair, dude. I'm bald. Yeah, well, no. not fair. Not fair. Seems like a choice. <laughs> oh, there you go, guys. Hey, we gave out our hardware, all the awards given out. We're going to take a little segment break when we come back. we got lots of NBA to talk about. We've got trade deadline going on. We've got a certain star player for the Sixers on the shelf. Lots to talk about. Balls and Beards podcast. See you on the flip. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast, season four, episode three, cruising right along. We gave out some NFL awards here for the 2023-2024 season, but now it's time to jump in and talk some NBA, boys. We've got the trade deadline going full force right now, which we'll get to everything there. But first, we have to touch on a player we talked about just last week, a week ago, and uh, is going to be on the shelf for a while now. And that, of course, is reigning MVP Joe L. Embiid going to be out for a good substantial amount of time here. So going to be ineligible for that second MVP award. But 
really kind of burying the Sixers' chances probably for this year in the East. But, uh, Justin, thoughts on Mr. Joe Ellen Bede on the shelf? Um, I'm sure you're shocked by this development. No, <laughs> what? He's out? Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, I know. no. You cried in the shower. Oh, my God. You cried in the shower. Oh, well, you know, I can't say that I'm surprised. Um, you know, it, it, it's, like I, it's like I was saying yesterday. Embiid is a great player. You know, he's he's got a fantastic little mid-range game. I mean, he is lighting it up mid-range this yeah. year. Yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah. Um, you know, he's 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 a he's a great player when he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but those those knees are made of wool mm-hmm. and wheat. <laughs> and and man, I just the second that it was talked about with you know, his MVP eligibility being in jeopardy if he missed uh, you know, five games when it got reported, uh, immediately it was like, and it's done. Yep. It's done. When we haven't even hit the all-star break and everything like, and, and, and how many games he misses every single year. Um, especially when they, they need him the most too. Um, yeah, he just, he just, he just can't stay healthy. He's, you know, he was not my MVP last year because of, you know, he wasn't my yeah me either. I, you know, yeah. It, it's, yeah. it just it, it's unfair to the to the players that don't miss as many games as he does, and to be called an MVP like that man, what a joke! What a joke this dude is like. I you know I'm I'm. I never want to see like you know any player want you know get injured. I don't wish right. that yeah. upon anybody, yeah. but I just kind of was a little bit happy that he was out because you know hopefully it checks this dude a little bit like you know kind of calms that ego a bit it won't because it hasn't changed his ego really right. ever yeah. yeah um but you know i don't i don't i don't have much to say about you know this i'm you know i whatever uh, <laughs> obviously you're, we're seeing you know Philadelphia scramble to make these 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 trades uh, in the wake of his of his injury, and it's almost it's almost like they're looking as if he's not going to be able to return at all the rest of the season. Yeah, kind of what it seems like, like right? the way yeah. that they're doing yeah. some, like they jumped out and started hitting the trade market. It was kind of like a whoa, easy there, like yeah, that's yes. as if you're you, you're sitting in what fifth, yeah, in the in the in the conference. That's not like you know you're done, like. You know, you're falling into what I projected of them falling back into the play-in tournament. Right. And probably getting outed there. But, I mean, there's no need and no really, like, desperation to, like, man, we got to, like, we got to unload everybody on the team. Uh, No, you just needed, you know, some kind of stability at center. But, I mean, the team around you is still there. You still have Maxi. You still have Tobias Harris. You still have, like, these parts that are still making the team great. It's just you lost your centerpiece. Right, um, mm-hmm. and they're they're kind of jumping out the gate here, going, "Well, we don't know what we're gonna do without without Embiid. We gotta save our our season." Like your season's still there, yeah, right. But, you know, whatever. Let let them let them let them seventy six their way out of uh, <laughs> out of the division and out of the out of the conference. I guess they want to fall out of the playing tournament altogether. 
I, uh, I mean, yeah, to your point, they're 30-20 and 20 right now in, in the five spot. They're mm-hmm. three games clear of Miami for, for what would be falling back into the play-in tournament. And they're two and a half back of the Knicks and the Bucks for what would be the three and the four spot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they're right there still, right in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Mike. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts yeah. on one of your favorite players, Joel Embiid, being on the shelf now for the rest of this season? Uh, Do you think Philadelphia is fucking the boat? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's such an enigma. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what to think. I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's fascinating how Maury gets all this credit for being this amazing executive, but yet his teams, whether it was down in Phoenix or now in Philadelphia, his teams haven't exactly performed up to what their roster expectations would be. Um, You know, and and I'm not trying to give credence to guys like, you know, uh, James Harden, who's, you know, had his fair share of criticism for Maury. But, you know, I mean, you're putting all your eggs in a basket that, I, I, I don't I don't think you should. You know, I, I would say probably a good equivalent to Joel Embiid's career path right now, despite the fact that he has won an MVP, is uh, Przingis. Um, you know, or even, for that matter, uh, going back a little bit further, Pau Gasol. I, I think that this is a guy that probably is better suited to play a second fiddle and not be the man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for one, you know, it, it kind of like an Anthony Davis to some degree. I mean, Anthony Davis by himself probably can't carry the Lakers to a Western Conference final. Now pair him with a 39-year-old LeBron James and, mm-hmm. you know, you have a championship aspirations. I think Joel Embiid is very much that same kind of way. Um, you know, he I I just I it's it's crazy to me how he gets to the average basketball fan of which we are, you know, with our armchair analysis, you know, when you compare what we see on the screen to what all of the quote, the media guys and all the basketball experts see, I don't see it. Is he a talented basketball player when he's healthy? Absolutely. But, you know, as we've documented on this podcast, I mean, for whatever reason, he never seems to want to play against Denver or in Denver. He never seems to want to like, really go hard at the best big men in the NBA to really prove that he is in fact the best big man or, or anything like that. He seems to shy away from that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about a guy that does have the size. He's got the talent to really kind of take it to guys, but he fate, he, he shies away from that. He's not a great rebounder. He's not a great defender. Um, You know, he, he's a, he's a scorer and you know, it's just, He's a better version. I mean, he's a he's a less defensively uh, talented version of like a Brook Lopez. I mean, he just I I don't I don't see it. And and when you look at the trajectory of a guy like Pau Gasol, Pau Gasol was what I refer to and have been for years. He was a default superstar. He was drafted by Memphis. He happened to be the best player on that team. So every team needs that guy to put out there as your face of your franchise. That's true. So yeah. Pau Gasol was that for yeah. the Grizzlies. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. He was a super talented player. Love Pau Gasol, 100%. But it was, he didn't reach a new plateau in his abilities in basketball until he was paired with Kobe. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden he had all that pressure. There was no pressure to like lead your team to the playoffs. Yeah. 
None yeah. of that existed. Yeah, true. Yeah. And then he won a cha- he won titles, two yeah. titles with the Lakers. Um, and he's now one of the most beloved Lakers, I would argue, I in a relatively with short yeah. stint yeah. with LA. Yeah. Joel Embiid needs that. Yeah. Um, I think. I, I think he also needs, to Justin's point, he needs an ego check. Yeah. Uh, because there are a handful of big men that I would pick ahead of him. Even an injury-prone Anthony Davis, yeah. I would pick ahead of a Joel Embiid. Um, because Anthony Davis, I mean, hell, you look at it. The Lakers went into the uh, to Madison Square Garden against one of the hottest teams in the NBA next to the Clippers. Yep. And we thoroughly out-hustled, out-played on both yep. ends of the floor the New York Knicks. You now, did. granted, they were That's playing correct. without Julius Randle, which might have been a slightly difference maker for them. But there was one sequence where Anthony Davis had two block shots in the same sequence. Yep. Two. Yeah. I I can't I I mean granted I don't watch the 76ers that often but like I can't think of a time when Joel Embiid's maybe done that in his entire career. Again, unless it was against Muggsy yeah. Bucks. Like <laughs> who's not even in the NBA anymore. Like I I just it's hard for me to get excited about a a player like that when everybody else is, when what I see on the TV screen is not indicative of being excited. There's no way in hell. I don't, even yeah. if I was a 76ers fan, I'm wearing a Tyrese Maxi jersey jersey before I wear a Joel Embiid jersey. There you go. Yeah. He's at least more exciting. He plays with more passion. Like Joel Embiid is just, he's a punk. Yeah. And he thinks he's owed something when he hasn't done anything. He was only got an MVP because there was Joker, like, you know, uh, uh, fatigue. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the only right. reason yeah. he got it last year is because yeah. he was bitching and whining the year before. Yeah. And voters yeah. were like, okay, you guess you had a good season. You yeah. met the criteria. Yeah. We'll give it yeah. to you. Yeah. Shut up. Basically. Until yeah. this dude leads his team. Leads his team. Not follows his team into uh, a conference championship or an NBA championship. Yeah. He's he's overrated. Yeah. Arguably maybe the most overrated player in the NBA. Okay. There you go. The boys are not holding back with their... Love for Joel Embiid. Uh, look, I, I, I mean, I think you guys did a great job of, you know, going through all the uh, pluses and the minuses that come along with this guy. And, and you know, uh, to you guys' point, I mean, you know, Mikey, not, not a great defender. I agree with you. I think Anthony Davis is a better defender. And as far as the injury stuff, it, it, I mean, we got to look at him in the same light now as like an Anthony Davis with the injury stuff. So, yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all to pick AD uh, over over Embiid. And, and you can go even further with you look at what's happened to them in the playoffs over the year. And, yes, you can blame Doc Rivers for the last couple of years. Yes, you can blame uh, James Harden or whoever you want. But the fact of the matter is this guy doesn't show up in those closeout game sixes and sevens either. Mm-hmm. He had 10 points last year, like 16 points. Mm-hmm. It, that's great. You can score 45 against, you know, the Hornets during the regular season. Then you actually have to, to you know, save your team in the playoffs and you score 12 points. Like, give me a break. I, so I agree with you guys. I mean, I think there's a long way to go uh, before his – eliteness in his head matches what's actually being displayed on the floor. Um, So is he a great player? Yeah, he's a great player. Is he consistently great? No. Is he consistently available? No. Does he consistently shy away in big moments in the postseason? Yes. Is he consistently outplayed by the other great bigs in this league, a.k.a. Giannis and Joker? Yes. He doesn't even play Joker. So, 
yeah, I mean, we go through the whole list and there's there's a lot of stuff where you just kind of go, Bleh. yeah, I mean, and how long how long does Philly trust the process? I mean, you know, how, how long do we talk about these great GMs when they pick Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler, when they pick James Harden over anybody? They pick James Harden over anybody. Like, their their moves have not been great. Like, great, you drafted Embiid a few years ago, and the only reason you got him is because he was injured at Kansas the whole time and he fell to number three. Otherwise, he was going to be the consensus number one pick, and you never would have got him. So there's kind of the whole story on on, on Embiid, and it hasn't changed right from the get-go. He went number three in the draft because he was hurt at Kansas the whole time. Lo and behold, he played 31 games his first year in the league, and we've seen the same ever since. Last year, he barely played enough to be eligible for the MVP. To Mikey and Justin, your guys' point, everybody gave it to him because it was kind of like, all right, he's bitched enough about it. Let's give him the damn MVP. Now we don't have to worry about it anymore. But yeah, I don't know, man. And now we're about to get to what the Sixers have been doing today, and I, I don't know. I'm not really sure where, where this team is going to go in the future because, you know, there's some other teams now in the East that I think are setting themselves up. The Knicks, you know, I mean, the Pacers were excited about their start. Obviously, the Heat are going to be there and the moves that they've done with Jimmy Butler. So there's some other teams kind of setting themselves up for the next few years in the East. And I don't know where Philly's going to fit in that mix, but uh, we'll have a chance to talk about that some more here. But boys, let's... uh. Let's take one more quick segment break here, and then when we come back, we'll dive into all the NBA trades. The deadline is right around the corner here, coming up on about, you know, 35 minutes or so left. Balls and Beards podcast. See you in a minute. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast, season four, episode three, cruising right along. We've took you through some NFL awards. We talked about one of our favorite NBA players, Joel Embiid, being on the shelf for a while here. Eh, Sarcasm there. And now it's time to, of course, get into, guys, the real meat and potatoes of today's episode. NBA trade deadline. It's been an active morning already. We're quickly coming up on that deadline. But, Mikey, I would like to go over to you, my friend. I know you have a list of some of the big moves that have already, you know, took place you know we had a few go on while we were recording our first uh you know segment today so justin your mavs have been involved my bucks just jumped in and did something mikey why don't you take us through highlight some of the big moves that have already happened today okay and uh you know we can all jump in and kind of give our thoughts on those you know so far I, i think a lot of these moves have been they're not exactly surprises um they're players that have been rumored to be on the move for quite some time if not just this season but in the last couple of years um, That's, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. um, Buddy Heald finally got traded away from this, from the Pacers, kind of a surprising mood given how well they've played this year, Yeah, but Buddy Heald got traded to the 76ers. Uh, I'll just give you down a rundown and then we can go kind of break down some of these moves. Okay. Kelly Olenek, uh, who's, you know, a veteran guy, a big guy, you know, blue collar, kind of a player, not the greatest defender, not the greatest offensive guy, but definitely a player that is going to go out there and, and, and you know, uh, bang around. Yeah. Uh, he got traded to the Raptors, uh, Canadian. Um, uh, the GM there in Toronto is acquiring Canadians. Um, a guy that um, hasn't played since the end of December, although he was uh, eligible to play last night but was a, a last-minute scratch. Uh-huh. A guy that, you know, in his days in Boston was a really good player. 
Yeah, um, yeah. You know, until the injury bug and he uh, got to him and he went the way of Grant Hill. And that is Gordon Hayward. Um, it got traded to the OKC Thunder. Finally. Um, yeah. Um, Finally. Uh, which is a move that I actually really, really like. Um, Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich uh, from Detroit, two veteran players, um, guys that really had no future playing in Detroit. They had got traded to the Knicks, which I think is arguably the best move of the day thus far. Um, Dennis Schroeder, uh, his time in Toronto short-lived. Uh, him and Thaddeus Young got traded from the Toronto Raptors to the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie, um, uh, Justin's second favorite player. Um, speaking of Justin and his Dallas Mavericks, PJ Washington from the Charlotte Hornets got traded to Dallas for Grant Williams. He don't want no smoke from LeBron, Seth Curry, and a first round pick. Um, so, uh, there you go. Your Bucks. Yes. You came in to, to my house here and I said, dude, what's your Bucks doing, man? Everyone else in the East seems to be making moves. Your Bucks yeah, you ain't did, doing that shit. That is exactly what you said to me. As and well. then, lo and behold, uh, Pat Beverly is on his way from the Philadelphia 76ers to the Bucks, reunited with Doc Rivers for yeah. Cameron Payne. Uh, this happens to be the sixth team in four years for Pat Beverly. And. Uh, just a little other, you know, note here. Killian Hayes, who was the seventh overall pick in the 2020 draft by the Detroit Pistons, he was their assistant steals leader. Uh, he got waived along with sharpshooter Joe Harris. Be, okay. Be, you know, there will probably be some playoff teams looking at Joe Harris for some shooting. Uh, Killian Hayes, he'll, he'll get picked up somewhere, but they couldn't find a trade for him. Uh, so those are the moves as of right now, the biggest ones. Royce O'Neal, uh, David Roddy were traded from the uh, Nets and the Grizzlies, respectively, to the Suns in a three-team trade. Um, there's going to be some other players. Phoenix is sending out Bates Diop, Jordan Goodwin, and Shimezi Metu as part of the agreement. Also, U2 Wantanabe is going to be on his way to Memphis. So Brooklyn trying, or not, excuse me, the Suns trying to do some 3 and D trying to shore up their rotation, shore up their defense a little bit there for a playoff run. Um, You know, they are currently sitting at number five in the Western Conference. So we'll see what that brings. Um, So, yeah, that's so far all of the trades as of right now. We still have 31 minutes until the trade deadline, uh, which is 3 p.m. Eastern, excuse me, um, noon hour oh, like time Easton. here on the West Coast. You like Easton? Like yeah, you like Easton? Easton I like Easton bats. Easton time. Yeah, Easton yeah. bats. Uh, so yeah, there you go, guys. Um, Justin, we'll yeah. start with you. Hi. Um, what do you think of your moves that uh, Dallas has made thus far? Content. Okay. Um, yeah, I like uh, I like PJ Washington. Um, got a little bit of defense from him, um, and he's a he's a nice little offensive threat. Mm-hmm. The Grant Williams project did not really work out. He was great in Boston. A really solid uh, defender in yeah, Boston. He was, yeah. and just didn't bring that here for some weird odd reason. Um, but uh, it, it sucks losing Seth Curry again because yeah. I really love Seth Curry. Um, I was that sad. was the one I was gonna ask you about. Yeah, you know, I was like... sad. I was sad that we lost him the first time, and I feel like uh, I feel like once he went to Philadelphia. And just started like terrorizing over there. Uh, 
you know, that second time we got him back and then let him go again, it was like, all right, we, he just wasn't going to be the same. Um, but man, I, I really enjoyed, uh, Seth Curry. Anytime you have a Curry on your team, yeah. you know, you should be, you should be pretty excited. So that one kind of, that one kind of stung. I hate seeing his name, uh, whenever we trade him away, but, um, but yeah, the Grant Williams, you know, that's, it's, he, he just didn't bring what he had in Boston to us. Like, I don't understand what. What happened? But I I'm fine with the trade off getting PJ Washington. Um, I, I think he's I think he's a solid player. I think he's gonna gel almost immediately uh, with that squad and and give us a little bit of a defensive boost. Um, hopefully we get maybe something else here in the next thirty. Um, add to it a little bit. Um, but I mean if that's all we get, I'm happy with it. You know I'm I'm, I'm fine with the I'm fine with the move. Yeah. I like I like it too. I like PJ Washington. Uh, I I like that move. Uh, to your point, I, I I mean I was really high on Grant Williams. Um, you know I, I thought Boston was going to miss him more than they have thus far, mm-hmm. and I thought that he would you know just have a bigger role for you guys. And and but like you said, that defense that he played in Boston didn't really come along and translate. So. Um, you know, Seth Curry was, you know, I hate to lose him and, and the shooting and everything he brings, yeah. but um, I think it was a good move, though, for you guys. I'm, yeah. I, I, I agree. Mikey, do, do you like that move for the Mavs? Yeah, I do, yeah. actually. I, I, P.J. Washington, I mean, that dude, he's, you know, he just played the Lakers here just the other night, and he, he was he was playing really, really well. Um you know, yeah. I, I like that move. I mean, Dallas, Dallas is, 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 they're doing stuff, you he's know? He's kind of I mean, your, he's kind of. Vanderbilt, yeah, to yeah, us, yeah, for what, sure, is what he's he's versatile. Be. Um, you know, he he can play both forward positions. Um, you know, I mean, Dallas is sitting there right at eighth in the playing tournament at twenty eight and twenty three. Uh, you know, depending on you know how the next twenty eight minutes plays out, or even the buyout market. You know, the Sacramento Kings were a team that a lot of people kind of anticipated coming into today were going to make a move of some sort. They're currently standing pat, so. You know, one of the best top five teams in the NBA last year or in the Western Conference, the Kings, they seem to be just kind of running it back. And, you know, if you're the Mavericks, you're looking at that and saying, OK, we we shore up our defense a little bit. We, you know, uh, uh, make some some tweaks here and there. Maybe take a look at what's out there in the buyout market um, or the waiver wire. I'd be able to make a run here. Um you know, I, I mean, Luca definitely here with Joel and B out of consideration now for MVP. Mm-hmm. Luca could definitely make a run here, and if they gets him in the top five in the Western Conference, I wouldn't be surprised if Luca does get some votes. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's uh, yeah, I, I like the moves for the Mavs. Um, you know, they had to do something to kind of shore up their defense. To your point. Grant Williams yeah. didn't exactly do yeah. anything. If anything, I mean, he kind of reminded me of Dylan Brooks, where he was all bark and no bite. Yeah. Um. You know, yeah, in some ways, PJ is just a young, good player. He's a good guy that's going to go out there. He's going to give you good points. He he's the kind of player that has the ability to give you thirty, and he's going to have Luca. He played well in Charlotte, and and he's going to have Luca and Kyrie Irving to be able to pass him the ball. I think he's going to be a a, a breakout kind of a player that he's going to be put on the map more so outside yeah. of, you know, in, in more common basketball circles. I mean, if you're an avid follower of the NBA, you know what this guy's capable of. But now, but he was hidden in Charlotte. So, yeah, I mean, come on, Gordon Haywood? Like, when was the last time anybody talked about that dude? 
You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and right. Like, he's yeah. just been in purgatory he was the last in Charlotte. Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think PJ Washington, he's going to be now, uh, um, you know, uh, a much more known player and good for him. I like that move. Yeah, I he's think, I think like, that's a great he's move. He's kind of like when we, we had uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I kind of look at him as, as that like Finney Smith, that, that, that defensive threat, um, and can knock down shots. If, you know, Kyrie and Luca are on the bench, he can, he can hold that team afloat offensively if, uh, if they, if need be. And then he kind of has that Vanderbilt kind of feel to him. So it's, I like it. I like the trade, man. It's a, it's a, it's a good one. Yeah. Finally, we actually like did a good move. Nice. Yeah, I like that one. All right, dude. Um, Chris, I got to know. Dude. Yeah. How stoked are you to have Pat Beverly in a Bucks uniform? How do you think that's going to work out pairing him next to uh, Damian Lillard? Uh, dude, I make, I'm super It's stoked. I I mean, I, I'll be honest. It feels like Christmas just happened again here in February. I, I mean, I... I was hoping to get somebody that would help um, our perimeter defense. Anybody for campaign um, to to be able to land Pat Beverly is even better. Um, I think he's about the obviously the best perimeter defender I think out there as far as like for what we really needed, which is exactly that. So um, yeah, man, I'm I'm super stoked. You know, I love Chris Middleton and what what you know what he's been for the Bucks over the years, but he's he's still he's still getting back. He's lost a step. He's getting a little bit older. Um, you know, his scoring we don't need as much. So it's it's getting to the point where you know, and and he got hurt last night a little bit. I'm not I'm not sure the extent, but anyway, the point is is. We're we're to the point with Dame scoring and Giannis is continuing to play out of his mind and 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 score boatloads of points for us that we don't need Middleton as much. We've got some other guys that can kind of take on the scoring brunt, including you know Bobby Portis and and now that they were able to hang on to Pat Connington, we we can rely on him for his three point shooting, and now we don't need to to try and get you know squeeze every defensive ounce out of Pat Connington that we can he can go back to kind of just being that guy that comes in off the bench and knocks down a few threes for us and just provide some solid minutes and then yeah we can plug Pat Beverly in to actually provide some perimeter defense and and turn Dame loose on the offensive end now and not really have to worry about him ex- mm-hmm. expelling energy on on the defensive end which has you know been a liability this season and his whole career so yeah I'm uh I'm very excited to land Pat Beverly uh to me it it uh yeah it it it, it could be it could be huge I mean it it's it's very clear we've needed perimeter defense and that's been the one glaring thing so um and you know it's funny I was just talking with my brother last night on the phone and kind of trying to figure out, hey, what could we do? And, you know, talking about the the Doc era so far, which hasn't been all that great. And, you know, uh, first of all, we just need, you know, to get everybody back on the floor. Dame didn't play last night. Um, Lopez has been out for the last three or four games. So get everybody out on the court. But, I mean, Pat Bev was a guy we didn't even think was going to be available or, you know, on the radar to be able to go get. So to land him... Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely ecstatic and, and to give up campaign, a guy who really hasn't helped at all and has been a liability coming off the bench, uh, defensively and a second round pick, like, you know, we teams trade second round picks in the NBA, you know, like it's a, 
handing out a lollipop or something. Yeah. So, you know, I don't give a crap about that. So I'm very happy with, with the what we gave up and the fact that we could keep Pat Connington and then still land a defender like Pat Beverly. I am very excited now because, like I said, hopefully that means we can t- just turn Dame loose on the offensive end and, and kind of the same uh, for Giannis a little bit more as well. Giannis shouldn't have to, you know, do – uh, as many as, I mean, he, he was even bringing the ball up the floor sometimes still. And, and some other things that we just don't really need Giannis to do kind of save some of that energy. So I think it could be a potential real, real big game changer, honestly, uh, for us, but it, it was huge. I, I mean, it was huge. Like I said, I really, it really does feel like a Christmas present in February. So that, I mean, that, that's my take. What, what are you, uh, you know, from an outside bucks perspective, what are you boys uh, feel like this does uh, for the Bucks, Justin? I mean, it's. I think it's a great trade. Um, I mean, you've got one of the best agitators in the league. You know what I mean? Um, and we need one of those guys too. We traded Grayson Allen in the yeah, offseason, you know, so we need that have, kind of. You gotta have some kind of agitator. Um, and then you get the reuniting of Pat Bev with Doc Rivers. Good point. And, yeah, and that's he, a great point. And obviously, Doc used the hell out of Pat Bev in yep. that Clippers lineup, and uh, it and it did wonders. Um, so he's gonna know how to how to play Pat Bev and um, and, and get him kind of going almost immediately. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great trade. Um, it's 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 probably not going to like go as you know, one of these like, oh my god, wow, what a what a blockbuster trade. No, but it's a it's a smart trade. It's a it's a you know, not every trade has to be that has to have this like holy crap wow factor. It just has to be a smart move. It has to be a smart trade. Um and a lot of these trades today have been pretty smart, minus the 76ers yeah. ones, um, which we'll talk about. But yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know, you put you put Bev in into that lineup and have him with one of the great defenders in in Giannis. Uh, I mean, that's going to be kind of hard, like, because now you can't you you can't play inside with Giannis down there, and then now you kind of can't play outside. Depending on who Bev is going to be guarding, um, he's going to be making some lives uh, hell out there on the perimeter. So it's it's kind of forcing you to play that like kind of mid-range game, um, yep. you know, yep. uh, maybe even play the foul game and try to get, you know, try to get them into, you know, get them, get them fouled out early. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's a really, really smart trade and it makes sense for that kind of style of play that you right. guys have been doing. And, and uh, yeah, he's going to fit in perfectly. Nice. Kind of reminds me of um, a little bit of, like to your point, Justin, not a move that's going to be like just huge blockbuster move, but a really smart one that could kind of re- the year we won the title at the deadline, we, we nabbed PJ Tucker from the Suns mm-hmm. and very similar thing. Like we just, we well, I'm really actually surprised needed... you guys didn't make a move to go right. Get, yeah. Go. Yeah. Get him out of the Clippers. I, I, I understand because of the contract, but I yeah. thought yeah. today I was like, you know what? Maybe the Bucks might <laughs> yeah, try to take him rumored. back yeah, and yeah. load up defensively exactly it so, doesn't look like that's happening yeah that, that's fine I, I you know we'll take pat bev but kind of remind me a little bit of that like that was okay we really needed defender i was that year i was really hoping we would get pj tucker and i'd be really excited again like i didn't even think that 
you know, uh, Pat Bev was going to be available today. So uh, it's just like a bonus. Mikey, what are you? Yeah, what are you? 76 ers available today. I, right? Yeah, everybody yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what yeah. are you? Firkin Korkmaz. Firkin Korkmaz. Firkin yeah. Korkmaz. Yeah. I say that every time I stub my toe, too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Dr. J might, rolls might right be off traded the in the next oh, 15 Korkmaz. minutes. Korkmaz rolls <laughs> right off the tongue. Charles Barkley, I heard, is available. Okay, there um, we go. Mikey, okay. what do you think oh, wow. of the trade? Yeah, you know what? Um, I love Pat Bev's uh, comment. Uh, he tweeted, uh, got to get my relationship right with uh, Dame. Uh, that's what he tweeted after news of the trade broke. That he's nice. Okay. Uh, you know, look, Pat Beverly, I, I'm sad that he didn't work out with the Lakers because he's one of those agitators, like you guys said, and you know, he's, you hate, you love him on your team, but you hate playing against him. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a particular, he's not a prolific scorer, but he is an agitator. He gets under the skin of the opposing team. He does all those kinds of things. And, you know, I mean, yeah, Doc Rivers probably used him the best out of any coach that he's played for the as of right, you know, up yeah. until recently. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's a great move for you guys. Uh, you had to shore up your perimeter defense with playing, um, you know, with having Dame. You know, ever since you got rid of Drew, you know, you, you've had to shore up that defense. And Pat yeah. Beverly does that. Um, you know, campaign was an agitator of sorts too, but he was more of a scorer than anything. And he just didn't pan out there in, in Bucks land either. No, no, um, really didn't. but I, I like this move. I, I, I think it's a great move for you guys. Nice. He'll give you some timely threes. He'll, he'll give you, you know, he'll give you some timely buckets. Um, you know, so I definitely like this move, uh, uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, nice. You know, for sure. Uh, the other move is, um, you know, that I kind of want to talk about yeah, of is, course. uh, you know, Alec Burks and Bogdanovich going to the Knicks. Um, you know, does this, the Knicks currently are sitting at number four in the Eastern conference. They're 33 and 18. They're nine and one in their last 10. Their only loss has been to my Los Angeles Lakers. Um, at Madison Square Garden, mind you, um, they are twenty-two and ten in their conference, uh, six and three in their division, uh, nineteen and six uh, on their home floor. Guys, they picked up some veteran guys, got rid of Quentin Grimes, who hadn't necessarily worked out quite that well there in Knicks land. Um, dude, does this you know in a in a relatively yeah, the you could argue that Boston is the the favorite to come out of the East, but they've definitely shown that they are susceptible. The Celtics are to losing to teams that uh, you know they're going to have to contend with in the in the playoffs. Um, does this help propel the Knicks into keeping a top four spot, possibly even moving into the top three, uh, possibly even in a top spot, guys? Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, yeah, it does. I think, I think combined with, you know, what, what's going on with Philly, right. And the fact that they're going to continue to fall. And then I think the fact, you know, with, with the Pacers trading buddy healed as well, you know, today, I'm not really sure what that signals for them, but they've also cooled off after their hot start as well. But, you know, the Pacers were a team at least for the first two or three months of this season, that seemed like a team that was maybe on the up and up in the East and can make some noise. Um, you know, Cleveland sitting there, Donovan Mitchell's playing better. Um, they're still kind of wildly inconsistent, though. So, you know, I, I don't know if any of us are totally sold on them. So, yeah, I think the adding the veteran guys and a little bit more depth certainly will help, especially with, 
you know, Randall being out for a period of time kind of to help get through that. Um, they're, they're solid moves for the Knicks. So yeah, I, I think it does, it does give them the opportunity to, to get it, get a top three spot right now. I mean, after these moves and where the East sits right now, it would be a little surprising if they weren't in the top three. I mean, Cleveland could still beat them out and Mm -hmm. maybe they land at the four spot, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think this is huge because, I'm, I, I guess I'm not in agreement, even though they have the best record in the league right now, but I'm not in agreement that the Celtics are an overwhelming favorite to come out of the East because the Celtics still have to deal with the fact that, A, their coach is only in his second season as a head coach, and his only experience is an epic failure in the playoffs as well. You know, this team lost a game seven at home to the Heat with a chance to go to the finals in a game they trailed by double digits the entire time. So that tells me this Boston team is not maybe as good as everybody thinks when it comes to handling pressure. So if they are the number one seed and all the pressure that comes with that and being expected to go back to the finals, they weren't able to do it last year. So, you know, I don't think it's as clear cut that the Celtics are just going to be the top the top team to go through. They have their own playoff failures to get through. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee has their, you know, Doc Rivers, we know that he's had his issues in the playoffs. So, you know, yeah, is the door open? Could the Knicks be a top three, top two, or top one seed? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... I like I like adding the veteran guys. I, I'm not going to go too crazy because they didn't help Detroit do a goddamn thing this year. Granted, the Knicks have a lot more talent, but how much they're going to jump in and, and automatically help them win games, I'm not sure. They didn't do a whole lot of winning this year. So. Well, Bogdanovich was hurt for a lot of it, and Alec Burks is not a guy that's going to go out there and score a hell of a lot. He was more on the de- defensive side of the basketball. Clearly, Monty Williams... He's got a lot of right. young talent. They, yeah. they weren't relying on a lot of veterans. I just want to interrupt you real quick. This yeah. is an interesting thing. We were just talking about Daryl Morey here recently about okay, you know, yeah, yeah, let's to Joel Embiid. Pat Beverly was just on his podcast, and he says that Daryl Morey told him that he would not be traded only to trade him. So that's Daryl if, Morey. If, if I'm a free agent and I'm and I'm talking with my agent and I'm looking at the free agent la- you know the the landscape of the NBA this offseason I don't know if I want to go to Philly because yeah. you know I'm going to be told to my face that I'm going to get traded or not traded I mean as is the case with like James Harden it was the opposite right he was told he was yeah. going to get traded yeah. only to proceed to play you know politics and you know yeah. he said yeah. she you know he said he said kind of stuff Pat Beverly sitting here saying like I was told I wasn't going to get traded only to be traded I don't know. I'm. I'm probably. If I'm a free agent, I'm like. I'm gonna stay away from Philly. Well, you got also to look at uh, yeah. Marcus Morris Senior, who yeah. was just given the keys to the city in Philadelphia. Yeah, and then, and traded. then traded. Yeah. So it's yeah. like I, I don't know. I that 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 whole <laughs> franchise is just a joke. But I did want to say real quick, they we did have some breaking sure. news. Okay, Doug yeah. McDermott. Doug McDermott yep. was traded from the San Antonio Spurs to the Pacers, and uh, the Atlanta Hawks have announced that they are in fact keeping. Deontay Murray. Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, so that he is not going anywhere. Yep. You, yeah, you were absolutely right there, Justin. I know that as of two minutes ago, the Hawks and Raptors mm-hmm. were still discussing trades for Murray and Bruce Brown. 
according to Wojnowski, but yep. uh, it sounds like that's not going to happen. So, yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah. I just, we, we had to break something here. Yeah, in for sure. Podcast. We had to. If we and didn't, then, you know, we yeah, only had like 10 like minutes be, left. Yeah, but exactly. turns out um, Atlanta's very happy with their current position of number 10 I, in I the so, play-in you know. tournament. They want to hang on to that spot. Whatever. You know, they're a game and a half clear of the Nets at 22 and 29. Good pickup. Uh, I mean, you lose Buddy yeah. Heald, but you get Doug McDermott, who's probably a little bit more sturdy of a player, a little bit more yeah. willing to play defense, uh, and a, still a good shooter. Maybe not as good as Buddy Heald, no. but definitely a good player. Pair him up Consistent. there with Ty, uh, with Halliburton, and I I like what the Pacers are doing. And okay. I, you know, I, I I do just to just to tack on to the yeah yeah please yeah, yeah, yeah. Trade, yeah yeah um you know because I did say you know. Last podcast, the Knicks gonna nick. Um, that, well, I, I might have to bite my tongue a little bit on on this because I think that they made arguably the best trade of the day. Um, with, with and Marcus getting, Morris also is going to the Spurs. He's going to the Spurs as well. Yeah, he's oh, part of that trade. Look at that. Look and at second that. round pick. Yeah, he's taking the keys. Uh, my guess is he's, he's give the keys probably, back. He's probably he's got to give the keys back. But my guess back. is he's probably going to get waived, um, and he's mm-hmm. going to be able to go to a veteran team. That's my guess. Anyway, you think, continue. Maybe, you think maybe the 76ers are just take him back and just re-sign him on Don't, a lower contract? Uh, under CBA rules, that can't happen. Well, that's weird. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, the, the, the Bogdanovich and, and Burke trade is great because then you also get um, you get some some playoff experience, too, with those mm-hmm. two. That's mm-hmm. true. Um, that's true. Which I think is an underlying uh, yeah. kind of kind of they, they could topic use there. They, yeah. they could use that. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, New York, big market team. Um, this is kind of reminiscent of of them getting back to those kind of like New York Nick days of yore of you know your your Allen Houston's and John Starks and it's Latrell Sprewell and and Latrell yeah uh, you know pre I guess that was pre choke yeah pre choking um, but yeah it's it's they're. They easily could have made... Uh, quick se- uh, 25 Uh-oh. seconds ago, Adrian Wojnarowski, the Milwaukee Bucks are trading Robin Lopez to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Lopez is expected to be waived and become a free agent. Okay. Look at us breaking news on on stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, he was just there as a brother support for... for <laughs> so. Brother support is very important nowadays. Yeah. You know, we... You know, no more Lopez and Lopez. No more uh, Morris and Morris. No more um, Morris and Morris. Yeah. Yeah. No more of that. Zach Morris. I like Zach mm. Morris. Frosted but yeah, tips you know, it's, yeah. it's it's but it, you, the, the, the Knicks. They're you know yeah. they 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 made a smart trade, um, and I think that they are making it very known to the teams in the East, to Boston's, to your Cleveland's, to your Milwaukee's that they are. Not to be trifled with. I mean, yeah. Jalen Brunson turned into a star overnight over there in Dallas, and then we got rid of him, and now he has turned that franchise into yeah, what it was before of like, a ball, man, a destination spot. Yeah. You want to play yeah. for the big market team in yeah. the Knicks, um, and they've got talent over there, and they look damn good. I mean, they played lights out in January, and they, you know, obviously they got to a little bit of a rough start uh, for February, but I don't think that slows them down any. I think you need, you know, they're still going to go through some growing pains um, and getting that, that that squad fully together. But I think you bringing in uh, Bogdanovich and Burt, that gets them that kind of playoff experience that they were needing. 
Um, and it's going to take them to a whole nother level. And yeah, I could absolutely see them going toe to toe now with Boston um, and, and Milwaukee and Cleveland and potentially, you know, making a run to get all the way and come out of the East. Now, um, barring them nicking, because uh, that is always, always, always still a possibility. Um, I think that they have, they have made the correct moves in order to get away from nicking. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, what happens with this because man, that, that team is now loaded yeah. Um, and you even get some nice little defense from Alec Burke too, yep. um, on an already superior defensive team. Uh, so this is going to be interesting to see. I would be a little bit worried, uh, if I was, a uh, uh, you know, an Eastern conference team, uh, about the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't disagree. I, I think that, you know, this puts the Knicks in a great position, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell has been playing out of his skull right, you know, recently in Cleveland. He really does. He really and, does. you know, and they've got a lot of, they're they're probably one of the most uh, ever, like one of the quietest number two teams. They're currently sitting at number two in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and yet really talking about everybody's talking about lots of other teams other than the Cavs. And what's funny, too, is that Donovan Mitchell has been included up until today, has been rumored in the trade rumors uh, in the off-season trade rumors, now the latest report coming out yesterday was that you know the Lakers were going to have a shot to get him come this summer because we will have three uh, first-round picks to be able to deal because this this incessant desire by the media to, that the Lakers need three stars. When I have said for lots of time now that like hey between AD LeBron and Austin Reeves, I don't we don't need a third star. Like I get that shit out of people's heads. I hate it. Um, it hasn't Get it worked. out of your head. It ha- I mean, Get outside of, of Miami, it hasn't exactly worked particularly well for any team that's had some sort of a three-headed star monster. And I'm surprised uh, that Miami has not made any moves today. Yeah, you know, that is actually that's something that one. has been through yeah. uh, uh, NBA Twitterverse. Is that, that, my, that You look at, um, you know, a lot of the moves that teams have done thus far uh, and... You know, Cavs, I don't think they really need to do anything. Celtics, they've been arguably the best team in the NBA all season, so they didn't really need to do anything. No. Uh, the Bucks did something. The Knicks have done something. The 76ers have done something. Um, and the Pacers have done something. But when you look at those middling teams there in the play-in tournament, the Heat, the Magic, the Bulls, the Hawks, uh, they've not done anything. The Nets have actually done some things. Uh, they might actually start making a move to go up. Chicago Bulls, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, you know, Alex Caruso was allegedly in, you know, uh, absolutely untouchable. Uh, and he was probably their most desired asset. Zach Levine, he got taken out as soon as, you know, word had it that he was done. Let's, hey, uh, but DeRozan, you know. Um, I want to talk just for a real yeah, quick for sure. second. Yeah, you, what you got? We you might want to break this. No, go ahead. Because we got another. We got, cause right. we're, we're literally coming down to the last three yeah, minutes last here. Three so, minutes, some stuff. so the 76ers are trading Jaden Springer to the Celtics for a second round pick. So again, right. 76ers are just unloading. They're just everybody. Yep. Yes, uh, for I really think no reason. Yeah. Another fun fact: uh, fifty sec, a oh, minute ago, uh, Shams is reporting 
Interesting one. This one's going to be pretty fascinating. I'm seeing. I'm curious to see where he gets snatched up. The Raptors are planning to waive Spencer Dinwiddie to avoid a 1.5 million dollar contract bonus oh, for games played. So it's a salary cap dump. But Spencer Dinwiddie, good player. Yeah, he is. Throwback look. I mean, yeah. this dude's afro and his chops and his goatee. Dude looks like he's playing. Like he looks like Doctor. You know, he he looks like Doctor J right there. But um, look, uh, also fascinating. But yeah, dude, you know, you 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 look at the Chicago Bulls to Chris, what were you saying? Sorry. No, that was it. I was just gonna ask, did they fuck the boat by not making a move? That's they can't thing. seem to make up their They're mind. Fucking boats. I mean, to your point, Caruso was rumored, like yeah. you know, but okay, he's untouchable. Levine's yep. on the shelf. I mean, what but he had been rumored to be traded, now you can't get anything for him. This team's not going anywhere. Mm-mm. What what are they doing? Like why 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 stand pat? I'm are, absolutely oh, shocked that at this point in time, when you were going to have lots of teams that were going to be willing to give up salaries, willing to give up you know all sorts of stuff to be able to make moves, why you didn't put it out there that hey look, Levine's available, Roseanne's available. I get maybe keeping Caruso, but like you could have. For the right deal, said the Crusoe is unavailable except for the right price. Everybody's yeah. available for the right price for the most part. Like the fact that they didn't do anything, you know, I know that DeRozan's up for a contract extension. Um, what they're doing, look, I, my guess would be, Chris, is that, you know, I'm no NBA insider, but look, I think the Bulls are hitting the reset button this summer. Okay. Uh, I think um, at the draft, I think I, I, depending on where they fall in the play-in tournament or if they fall out of it, um, I, I think that um, uh, Billy Donovan's gone as head coach. Um, I think Zach. I I think I think they're going to look for something at 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 the draft. They're going to look to jettison these guys, and you you know, I I think that's what you're going to see. Is they're going to make some deals? Because look. The Lakers, they have three first-round draft picks coming up uh, this summer. You know, like, there's going to be teams that are going to have money to spend. They're going to be able to absorb contracts. They're going to be able to do things that they might be able to make some plays this summer when teams have more available. That's my guess. Um, Okay. And Raptors are keeping Bruce Brown. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. Uh, Look, I I would imagine that some of those guys, uh, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie kind of comes to mind, is that these guys are going to be buyout candidates, they're going to be wave candidates, um, and they're going to end up with other teams. Especially when you look at the guys that got traded to non-playoff teams and they are playoff caliber or playoff tested players, they will be able to see contract buyouts and they will be on the waiver wire which is what the Lakers were assumed to be doing going into today. Um, that seemed to be the consensus over the last few days, actually. Um, Atlanta is a weird one because DeJounte Murray for the last month plus has been rumored. Um, you know, I, I would have thought that even though the Lakers decided to keep D'Angelo Russell because of his play, I would have also thought that that would have possibly upped the ante or teams wanting to trade for him because right, they're yeah, seeing, yeah. look, this is what this dude can do. He this goes out there and he can right, give you 30 right. some odd points. And and give you you know uh, scoring in bunches and you know nothing. So I'm. Well, we have the last trade of the day. Yep. What this you got, Justin? Uh, the Boston Celtics are trading uh, Delano Banton to yep. the Portland Trail Blazers uh, for a heavily protected second round pick. Okay. That is the last. The last trade. That's of the, the last NBA trade, huh? Yep. Well, all right. Yep. So yep. kind of quiet there in that last. Uh, yeah. That last, last couple minutes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last half hour, okay. to an hour. All right, so. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, 
the Dallas Mav or, or excuse me, the Sacramento Kings not doing anything kind of surprises me. Um, the Pelicans doesn't surprise me that they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, another candidate to look out for in the buyout market, um, guy that's been really unhappy despite the good play, uh, is PJ Tucker in uh, yep. for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I'm, he's going to get cut. Um, he's going to go elsewhere. Um, interesting to see if he would possibly go back to Milwaukee because um, I think that's a viable think it's a option. Possible. That's why I or said even, I, I was, I was or even across the hallway it. and go to the Los Angeles right. Lakers. Yeah, I could see that too. Um, you know, the Lakers yeah. short with yeah. Vando being out for a, a an yeah. un, in, you know we're not entirely sure. I know he's getting reevaluated, but I you know I mean he's not the player he was for your championship run. But oh, he's right. a guy yeah. that from that corner three, uh, absolutely deadly. And, you know, for 10, 15 minutes a night, That's he, can, it. Yeah. he can play solid. Turn him loose, so, like you said. Denver yeah. Nuggets would also be a team that I would watch out for okay. for a P.J. Tucker right. uh, mm-hmm. showing up their defense. Nuggets, I'm not surprised, didn't do anything. Timberwolves, I'm not surprised, didn't do anything. The Thunder actually did something. They got a veteran guy in Hayward yep. that he's not going to be asked to do anything. He's going to be asked to be a veteran presence in that locker That's, room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, If the Thunder continue on their trajectory, I would say SGA is probably an MVP candidate. Yeah, uh, I, I think he is. I, yeah. I, I think, but he will move up the MVP draft board, mm-hmm. uh, would be my guess. Possibly, depending on what your Mavs do and Luka does, possibly... Um, with maybe Tatum as a favorite to win um, an MVP. I I would also argue to throw in uh, Kawhi into that MVP talk because it's it's kind of weird that we're not talking about Kawhi. Yeah. Um, I do have a nifty little little stat oh, that they were stat. I like stats. that they were talking about not that long ago. Ooh, so I over like his last stats. thirty games, uh, Kawhi Leonard has become the first player to average twenty five points. On 55, 50, and 90 shooting. And that's over a 30-game 30, 30 span all time. So he's he's kind of having arguably his best season ever. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, you know, any season that he's had in San Antonio, that's his championship season in Toronto. Uh, and obviously this is his, you know, best year in, in a Clippers uniform. Um I I would argue that that Kawhi should be in that that conversation of MVP now that Embiid is dead and gone. Um, I mean, hottest team in the NBA right now, uh, obviously the Clippers uh, are one of them, um, I should say. Uh, I mean, they were number one seed there for a little bit. Obviously, that loss uh, yesterday didn't help because I think they fell down to fourth again. Um, but I mean, it's, it's there, the projects working of the Harden and the Westbrook and the, and the Leonard, they're all healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, man, when, when Leonard is on the floor, the dude is playing out of his mind and it's, and it's literally showing that when he is healthy, he is one of the best players in the NBA. So I would actually put Kawhi into that conversation with our Lucas, our, uh, you know, our Jokic or Tatum's or SGA. I would have actually have SGA probably tops just because he was an MVP candidate last while year. yeah last year and while Embiid was still going off yeah. he was probably top three uh, in the conversation. So I mean you could you could put SGA at the top there because my God that kid is fucking insane. Um, but yeah, I just want to throw that out there. Yep. Interesting yeah. tweets coming out since the trade deadline has finished off. Uh, this one interesting from Mark Dietz. Uh, maybe the Spurs and Papers, 
Pacers, excuse me, should just clone Doug McDermott so they can each have one. Um, this one uh, from Kyle Newbick. Are the are the Sixers going to be able to field a roster? Uh, that one's an that one's a funny one. Um, Stat Muse, uh, Dinwiddie this season, 12.6 points per game and six assists per game. Where next? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers get in the mix for that okay, one just because right. the Lakers were looking potentially okay. for some guard help. And okay. here you go. We got a guard. So that could be out there, um, you know, uh, um, for, a, a, you know, a unforeseeable amount of salary. Um so interesting stuff. Um, you know, some teams made moves. You're going to see a lot more everybody in the coming days with buyouts, buyouts, and with, stuff, with sure. waivers, yeah. waves. Um, you know, players getting waived, uh, and then uh, playoff teams get snatching them up. Um, so yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see some of that here coming up, um, and we'll just have to wait and see now and see how these uh, moves shake down and if they pay off. Or if they uh, flounder and um, end up not exactly the moves that the teams were hoping for, right? Um, yes. Yeah, dude, uh, that that's killer stuff, man. Um, not a whole lot, not a lot of big names, um, you know. No, nobody of, of major note yeah, really right. getting yeah. traded. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that I, great stuff, dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um... As always, you know, we, we were able to cover it all and, and kind of, uh, you know, break down all those important trades, you know, to to one other thing on, on the Justin's note about Kawhi, you know, yeah. for this season, um, he's averaging 53.1% or shooting 53.1% from the floor. So that's pretty impressive this far in and 45.6% from three-point range. So yeah. his... His shooting numbers through the roof. I, I can see why Justin's got him in the MVP mix, 24 yeah. points per game. But maybe the most important number of them all is he's played 46 games this year. Mm-hmm. Mikey, he played 52 last year. He okay. played 52 the year before. He played 57 the year before that. Those are the games played in a self, uh, excuse me, in a Clippers uniform. So he's quickly coming up on matching. A season's total worth of games, Kawhi yeah. Leonard, um, already this season. So, uh, yeah, um, obviously, wow, who would have thought actually playing in the games uh, helps your team be good and yeah. win more games and get better position for the playoffs? Who would have ever thought that? But, uh, anywho, guys, that was uh, that was a heck of a we trade. We had one more thing ooh, that ooh, happened ooh, right ooh, here at the ooh, last second. Champs ooh. is reporting that uh, the Warriors are trading Corey Joseph to the Pacers. So Corey Joseph, the Pacers getting a little bit of guard help, um, you know, a little bit of defense. Not a, not a, you know, earth shaking move, but definitely a move to help okay. for a playoff push. So there you go. That's that. All right, That's guys. That yeah. Well, fellas, uh, I you know I think we did a great job taking everybody through the trade deadline. You know, giving our thoughts and breakdowns of some of these key trades and what it could mean for some of the contenders. You guys have anything to add today before we, you know, wrap a shiny bow on today's episode? No, the only thing I want to throw out there is that yeah. the date is 2-8-24. Tonight is going to be the unveiling of the Kobe statue in front of Crypto Arena. Um, Shaq uh, put out a really nice uh, tribute video to uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, Jerry West was quoted as saying that the thing that's going to be the most, uh, that's going to suck the most is that Kobe will not be there, obviously, to, to see the statue unveiling. 
Um, and then, you know, of course, the Lakers, despite it being an emotional time, will also have a game to play um, uh, tonight. And, um, you know, so, yeah, so it's Kobe Day. Um, and uh, it's going it's gonna to be a celebratory day and, 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 a, and a somber day at the same time. But uh, happy Kobe Day, everybody. Nice. Thanks, Mikey. All right. Of course. Justin, anything to uh, add today, my friend? Uh, you know, hey, uh, wrestling fans, get over the Rock and Roman Reigns, all right? Just get over it. It's happening. We all wanted it to happen. And just enjoy the ride while we're here. Like, it's Cody will get his time. Let's enjoy Rock and Roman Reigns. Let's enjoy a little, a little sibling rivalry. We all like to see sibling rivalries, so... Let's enjoy this WrestleMania for what it's going to be. Okay. Yeah, there we go. All right. There yeah. we go. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Where's Trish Stratus? Yeah. Stratus. Where's Trish? Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. She was there a few months ago. She, really? Yeah, oh, she was there a few right. months ago. But okay. Yeah, she's, right. she's, okay. she's taking a break. Now. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, All right. she is like 60, so <laughs> she can still do it. Yeah, sure. do it. yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, you know what? Hey, uh, give us a follow at Balls and Beers Podcast. We've got an updated, awesome logo on there. Uh, oh. You know, um, thank you guys for listening. Um, tune in uh, when we do record and put out new episodes. So appreciate it, guys. Uh, season four, episode three, Balls and Beards Podcast. Justin, Chris, and Mikey signing off. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good one. Check out my Super Bowl trivia. Do that. <laughs>